Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, I have two great guests. I have Julie Plake, who's uh, from the show Bethany Ever After. Now, this is a show I've talked about on Everything Iconic quite a bit. It's now free to stream on the new Peacock app, which I have no affiliation with. I'm not making a dollar off them. But I've been posting on my Instagram and my Twitter about the show because I find it such a compelling rewatch. And so many people were saying, you need to do an episode on this. Please break it down. So I did one even better. I got Julie Plake on the phone, who was Bethany's assistant throughout that whole time. She's one of the cast members on that show. She's fantastic. So I got her on the line. Uh, we Zoomed it all. So if you want to watch the interview, you can go to the new YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. You can watch our, our chat there. I'll put it up as soon as I can. Uh, it was super fascinating. We talk about the show. I also have Mindy Cohn on the show, who many of you might remember from the facts of life. I mean, come on, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have the facts of life, right? So we have Mindy Cohn is on the show. That interview you can also view on the YouTube channel, um, but I will also play it for you uh, after my chat with Julie. So I hope you guys all enjoy. I want to mention Mindy has a new movie out called A Nice Girl Like You, uh, which you can get on demand. It's with Lucy Hale. It's a great rom-com, so check that out. And then uh, without further ado, I'll play my chat with Julie, and then we'll play the chat with Mindy. You can see the timestamps I'll put in the episode description if you just want to skip ahead to Mindy or uh, what have you. I also want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to buy one of the t-shirts we have for sale, we also have fancy AF cocktail books available for sale. Queen Icon Legend wine glasses, pop sockets, all sorts of stuff. You can get that at everythingiconic.store. Or if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Danny I'm sorry, patreon.com slash everythingiconic. And if you donate $4 or more per month, you get the bonus episode. So I'm doing one a month. More importantly, the money helps to support this show. So thank you all. Uh, without further ado, please enjoy my chat with Julie. And then uh, I'll leave you with the chat with Mindy Cohn. Bye-bye. I'm here with the one and only Julie. Julie, uh, also known as the coordinator of chaos, um, previously from Bethany Ever After. Julie, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. It's so great to see you. I I took a shower and did my hair, so that's, you know, (laughs) something I'm not doing recently. You look fantastic. And honestly, I'm not showering either. The only thing I have been doing is binging um, Bethany Ever After because it's on the new Peacock, which I'm not getting any sort okay. of like residuals for or anything, but I keep telling everyone they need to right. watch it. <laughs> There's your affiliate link for that, right? <laughs> I know, but it's a wild, a wild rewatch. Um, I find it to be some of the most compelling television Ever. And I, I usually rewatch it like once a year, which makes me sound crazy. But now so you that- watch all three of them, you watch the getting married and then the two ever afters. I usually will start with the ever afters. The getting married is like cute, but I feel like, I mean, the entire arc of it all, like, I, you know, I always say like marriage story on Netflix has nothing on the arc of their marriage um, right. on that show. Like it's shocking to watch. Um, and yeah, I just find it compelling. Have you rewatched it at all? So I, my husband and I, it's funny, right? We, we, I bought, I have them all as like DVDs that they would give you after you, um, I'm sure that's not how they do it now. They probably do it with links, but they would mail you a, um, like seat, like a DVD to watch so that you could write your blog post. But a lot of times those were the there was like fillers in there or like things weren't like they were still like under production. So I have all of like 
all of those, but like who has a DVD player now? Like no one. So my husband and I were laughing the one day we were getting in an argument about with a friend about cookie. And if my husband was in the wedding episode and if he indeed like helped with cookie and he was like, no to these friends and these friends were like making fun of him or whatever. So we bought it. I bought it on Amazon prime and we watched it and we just cracked up, but it's so different watching it now from like where I've come, where she's come. And then also just like looking at myself, it's just a very, from living it, it's just like so different to rewatch it. I don't even know how to explain it. It's, I understand sometimes when the people that, cause now I'm obviously, I've gotten to a place where I can watch all reality television and consume it all. And just like be obsessed with it. Like, just like everybody else, like for a while I couldn't. Yeah. Um, but I understand it's funny when they say like, I haven't watched it. We used to have to watch it though, right. to write the blogs. Yeah, right. I don't think they. I don't think they do that anymore. Uh, yeah, of the, course not. They they couldn't because. But when I was doing it, their social media wasn't what it was. It you know wasn't a there wasn't any any place for you to get your opinion out the same way you can do now. Right. right? So that's the other thing. Looking back at that, that wasn't that long ago. But think of how the world has changed. And kind of what she was on the forefront of from an influencer, let's call it, perspective. When I'm doing stuff, I always say, you know, Bethany was one of the first, she's one of the first influencers, for real. When she, when I started working for her, we had this deal with Pepperidge Farm that now doesn't seem like abnormal. But back then she was like writing recipes for Pepperidge Farm. And she was, and instead of maybe they were putting them on the internet, but they were also putting them on like the side of a box you know, like or the back of the box, the recipe that she would come up with or whatever. And she had a deal with Frangelico, I remember. And those were like original, like influencer deals. If you look at it now, she came up with that concept. She was like, if I, I can find these things that people will pay me to talk about. Right. I mean, it's wild the way that she was on the forefront of that and how fortunate I am to be on the forefront, had been on the forefront of that with her Instagram was non-existent. Were you guys doing, were you guys doing social media back? I mean, you were tweeting back then, right? Like she was. Yeah, we were. And blogging, right? Yeah, we were focused on building her, her Twitter. That was the obsession was Twitter, right? Right. I think I have like 18,000 followers on Twitter or something just from that situation, right? right? Like I never really use Twitter now. Um, but it, that was the obsession. And I remember, I always tell this story that we spent so many days unfollowing people because you know, like the first thing when people was Twitter, it was like, someone followed you, you followed them. But Mm. then the celebrity realized that like, they were, you know, not like the normal folk and like, they couldn't possibly follow everybody. So we like unfollowed, like it took like a week, Danny. Like a yeah, week, and like just, someone was always doing it because we, it was. And in- now there are services that do that. Like people, uh, celebrities have those services where, um, I always see online people say, "Oh, so and so followed me. A celebrity followed me, but I don't know why they followed me." And it's because they have a service so that it helps them gain followers, and then yeah, automatically. Exactly. It's all about the algorithm. Back then, there was no algorithm talk by anybody. I will say Bethany um, followed me on Instagram for a while and now she no longer does, <laughs> which was devastating for me, but no, it's okay. <laughs> we had like DM'd a few, we DM a few times and, and she was really sweet. Um, but, you know, aside from, aside from the marriage of it all, the, the business aspect, I think that was one of the rare things that I um, think has been shown on TV. You can literally see a woman who has completely succeeded from from beginning to end, the the last episode of Bethany Ever After is when she gets the talk show. And yeah. um, and it's so fascinating just from a business angle because it's very rare that you can see someone literally become super famous. Uh, of course, she yeah. had some fame on, on right. New York Housewives, but um, it's amazing to watch. And you were there for the forefront front of it all. Uh, yeah, it was... It, it's the business story of Bethany. I always... Her, one of her agents said to me one one time, and I was like, ignored him, and I should have never. He was like, just you should just write everything down, like write everything that you're doing down, write everything that happens. He's like, just so you know, because I feel like 
the story of Bethany is almost this, the business case study that people should be doing in business school, right? She always used to say to me, like, we, we would joke, like, we don't need an MBA. And it's nothing against people that get MBAs. But I have, you know, I was talking to a colleague about this. I just have a whole different sense of like, it's like an MBA and like the hard knocks of, of business and the hard knocks of really being in it and not having any type of bougie vision of it. Like there was none of that. There was no, um, there was no formality. There was, she went with her gut and that's what you see happening. Right. Um, And now when we look back at it, it's to say, you know, all the decisions were right. I'm sure she made wrong decisions. We all do, but it, it, and things aren't always so successful, but the most incredible thing for me to have watched and to watch is that before you know, there were so many conversations about what she wanted to do and she's just done it. Like even going down to like, you know, even all of the stuff with the Bahamas and be strong is just like that, that to me is when she used to be like, I just don't understand why people can't get things done. Like, why can't people get things done? Why can't people be as efficient as us? And she just went and she was as efficient as we were back in the day in a national crisis. And she said things like, I want to do a, um, a line of, you know, salad dressings and why can't things be simple? I mean, I'm talking like she said this in her one bedroom when we were just like having cocktails. She's like, you know, it, it was, she says she's going to do something and she does it. And that's right. just the best example to have as a, as a mentor, as a business person. Was it hard to keep up with that mindset? Because not everyone, most people don't have that mindset, right? Like I think it's, it's a very rare, um, a very rare brain she has. That sounds kind of weird, but. No, um, it's a hundred percent true. It's a hustle that I think it's hard for a lot of people. And I could imagine, uh, you know, working for other people myself, just, just it being tough to keep up with that. Did you feel that? Totally. I mean, it changed my psyche. It changed my, it was an experience like no other that, listen, there are so many positives from it, but I'll be honest, there's negative things that not from her, but there's negative things that I still deal with, you know, of like trying to always having to be productive. Do you know how challenging? And then as a mom now, I have three kids. Just five, you just had a kid five weeks ago, Julie. Oh my God. Congratulations. That's (laughs) what I should have led with. Congratulations. No, no, thank you. Um, so to, to never be able to shut off that productivity mindset is really hard because when people talk about self-care and being able to like release and be spiritual and meditate, that's like the opposite of that. So I always was Bethany can do it, but she doesn't do it a lot, right? She tries just like I try, but it is very hard to shut off that productivity to be like, you know, a good example is like, I don't mind driving in the car for seven hours because you know what I do? I book those seven hours of driving, like with people on the phone to like get shit done. And I think that that comes from her. I don't know if I was always like that as a person, you know, when I was working for her, that's like, I feel like when you live in New York city, those are the days and the moments and the years that like really shape your personality. And so like, I don't know, like, was I like that or like, am I like that because of her or because of that experience, but the productivity and the always one thing for another thing, like I'm going to go on this talk show or I'm excuse me, I'm going to go on this talk show with Wendy Williams and I'm going to cover boom, boom, boom. I'm going to talk about skinny girl. I'm going to talk about real housewives. I'm going to use each opportunity for another opportunity. And that's something that always has stuck with me is using that opportunity, mm-hmm. any opportunity for another opportunity. And that's why she's been so successful because she just doesn't like do things to do them. Right. Um, yeah. I find so, that with, uh, um, with quarantining and everything that's been going on, um, I have a lot of that brain of like, I, I can't turn it off. And I, I feel like I have to be working all the time too. And it's been a challenge, uh, it's been a challenge kind of going through where we are because we're almost forced to slow down a bit. And it's like, I don't, I'm not used to that speed of slowing down much, if that makes sense. What everyone, I've talked about this with some of my girlfriends, but what everyone kind of went through in quarantine is kind of like when you have a baby, like Um, literally that's how you feel. Like after you have a baby in those first few weeks, like you don't really do anything or like you have to slow down. But like your mind tells you to, and it's just like, you're secluded. You're like by yourself. 
you know, taking care of a human, but there's that same feeling of having to slow down. Um, and I remember when Bryn was born, I want to mention your Bryn's godmother. Um, I am. Right. Yeah, yeah, I am. And so when she was born, I remember, I remember that, but now that's actually something, Danny, I'm an, I want to do, I want to watch like the having of Bryn and that kind of thing, because I didn't, I wasn't a mom. I didn't know any of that. So like right. now I would see that I see some of those things so much diff, more different now than I did then. Right. It's interesting to rewatch because I think the career, it, it happened at like the exact time her career was taking off so much. And so it's just an interesting balance. I mean, I, I truly, I find it to be some of the most compelling television and such an arc. And I know there were reasons why it couldn't continue. And I know she's doing something now with HBO, but it was just so fascinating to watch. And I think it's not something we can see anywhere else on TV. No. And, and I think that reality TV is different now, better or worse, but there was, she was also on the forefront of like, that was like her real life. Like we yeah. didn't mess around. Like I watched some of these shows and I'm not, that's why the first few seasons, that's why this is so pure, right? Cause it's three seasons. The first three seasons of any reality TV show are so pure mm -hmm. because it, it, no one's like figured out, it's hard. You haven't, I feel like they ha you haven't figured out the um, formula yet for yourself. So like, you're still really you. And then you get to watch the first season of yourself and, and be like, okay, these are the things that I'd like, it's about you kind of in your journey. And then I feel like as they get into seasons after seasons, it's more manipulating like everything. Right. I don't know. Like, do you feel like that? I feel like the, they're so pure. If you watch first few seasons, there's less, knowing what you're, I don't know. You're just, I totally agree. People. Yeah. And I think something happens with production where the longer time goes on. I, I don't want to say people get lazy or anything like that, but they do rely on more stunts. And, and I think it's less about trying to showcase someone's reality and more trying to manipulate it a little bit and based off of what works. Right. I mean, think of how many shows there are now versus how many yeah. there were back then as well. But I think that it was a, it was a real representation of her life. She, that there was no, the cameras were really allowed everywhere. I think it's hard when you're to really show what you're showing when you're not set up like a real world where they're just there 24 seven. Cause like, you know, in a building in New York, you can't just like roll in with a right. bunch of cameras, you know, especially now back then it was probably, you know, easier to do things. Um, my husband and I rewatched the first season or all the seasons, forgive me, of Laguna Beach. Oh my and God. Like, so good. But oh yeah, my God, I died. it's so different than anything now. Yeah. They were, they were like in a blank, blink 182 concert. Like that would never fly now. Right. You know, the cameras went wherever. So yeah. like, it was a very accurate representation. I thought, you know, also with, with Bethany ever after too, I feel like it, it was some of the first like wall breaking um, that we've seen, because not only are we seeing her do stuff, that is her real life, like going on talk shows and stuff like that, which for years they would prevent us from seeing yeah. on Housewives. Like no one would go on a talk show on Housewives. So that right. was interesting. But also there was always this, this thing. And of course, I don't want to ask you to speak on, on Jason or any of that stuff, but there were mm -hmm. always this, like this idea of that he's a different human being off camera. Um, and, and she had even said a bunch of times, like people think of you as this really nice guy, but it's different. And so I, to me, that was some of the first sort of wall breaking that we saw on TV. Yeah, I, th I think for sure. I think that, yes, it, it was, again, because you're not filming 24-7, you get to prep for the scene, let's call it, right? The scene. And I think that, it, it listen, it's hard to ignore the cameras. Like, right. you try really hard, and then eventually, like, you get to a point where you're just... I don't know if it's a wall. I don't know if you ever don't realize that they're there, but the wall might go down where you're just right. like, whatever. For me, it was like, I have so much work to get done and I'm going to get ripped a new one. Like if I don't do it, so don't like fuck with like my work. Right. Like I had, and I, I think a lot of times, like I come off like that. Like if you didn't, if you know me, like I was just trying to like, it wasn't that I was like hiding from it, the camera, like you were I just didn't busy. I just was busy Yeah, yeah. to add the whole layer of those people 
yeah. in your face and like telling you what you had to do. Like, you got to do this. You got to come in here. I'm like, I got to answer the phone. Like, I don't have to come in there. I have to call and schedule this shit. Like, I don't have time for you. And that was really, I think, the hardest thing for me to deal with because half of my job was behind the scenes with the producers trying to organize the chaos of that is life. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to get here at X amount of time and then you're going to do this. And then I'm so dealing- you're like scheduling production in a lot of ways. Well, I was scheduling her right, to be right. present for production. Oh, that's interesting. And I never even thought of see, that. Just to see all that go, the other thing, and I know this is a tangent, but to see, I watch with the lens now, the shows with the lens of the money that goes into this. Oh, right. And like the money that goes into scenes and knowing that like a scene that is two minutes long, like probably cost so much money to make, right? right? They had to come in two hours early. They had to light the whole restaurant. You know, you watch it all. And then, and then it, the funniest thing is when that doesn't even make it, <laughs> you know, like the cutting room floor, hours upon hours of things, which is why they can put together. I mean, the producers, the, the real, the true heroes. Producers. Are the, are the editors in California yeah. or wherever they're at with all this footage, piecing it all together. Right. I mean, uh, was it hard switching gears a bit? Was it hard for you to walk away from the empire? Because in the last episode of Bethany ever after, it's all about you moving back to the Midwest. I'm a Midwest boy myself. I'm from Ohio, but Pittsburgh, where in Ohio? Uh, just outside of Cleveland, Solon. Oh, Ohio. so you're like really close to where I'm at. Yeah, I'm like really close. Yeah, yeah. I'm not there. And I, I miss I'm my family. Sorry. I sort of wish I was there now because I, I, I'm in LA now, but um, okay. my sister's in LA. My mom's actually out there right now. Oh, she's yeah. in Manhattan Beach. Where are you about? I'm West Hollywood. Yeah. But it must have been challenging. Oh, that's why I watched the scene when, when you told me, I said, Oh my God, I got to like get one of these and watch them. And my girls were like, mommy, mommy on the TV. And I'm like, I guess I still kind of look like my hair is the same color. You look the same. You look amazing. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I was saying that I remember I was saying that I was burnt out. Right. And I said at one point, I didn't want my burnout to start to affect others. Right. And I think, you know, and I, I wanted, it was very hard to walk away. I told my hut now husband for three years that I was walking away three years. Yeah. He was like, are you making this up? Like, what are you doing? You know, and I was like, I'm just not ready yet. Like, I want to see this through to where I feel like I've taken this as far as I can. And yeah, do I think about how things could be different, have been different? I think that it was like a, it was a crazy 24-7 heart pumping anxiety, trying to be a step ahead of everything. Right. And I think that like how long the people that do that, like for more than those years with as someone's right hand, as someone's personal assistant, I just don't know how they do it. I, I was, and also you, I mean, LA and New York is very similar. Like I, I got burnt out there, Right. you know, I was, and I wanted to have a family and it didn't make much sense for me to have my husband quit his move his athletic career as a coach to New York. Would he have done it? A hundred percent. But I just didn't want him to do that. And I'll be like, Oh, in like a year, I'm ready to like leave New York. Like that would have been torture. And I didn't have, it wasn't that I didn't have a life when I worked with Bethany. That's like a bad, I had the best life ever in New York. Right. But my work was my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I get it. Look, I think about it all the time. I'm like, should I move back to Ohio? You know, I miss my family. I miss the, I have nieces and nephews. Uh, What's your relationship with, with Bethany now and and Bryn, do you see them? I mean, it's great. I try to see them. She's so busy. And the thing is, is I know that because I lived it and she's more busy now. Um, And she's saving the world now. She's doing all the charity work. I know. Yeah. And so I think that, I mean, we talk whenever we can. I, I, she, I texted her the day that I had the baby, a picture, you know? Um, I think usually I go back to, New, I mean, I was going back to New York 
five times a year, like every other month I'd go back. Like that was always my deal with myself and my husband. Like, and even when we have my kids, like that's our second place, Yeah, you know, and now not having be able, able to do that sucks. Yeah. Um, so I texted with her the other day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just hard, you know, when you live in different cities, she just lives a, a lifestyle of just the hustle. She doesn't right. have time to bullshit on the phone. I don't really have time to bullshit on right. the phone. Right. No, I was just going to say you have th- how many kids? Three kids? I have three kids. And yeah, I who started. Has the time? Yeah. And I started my own business because of, I mean, because Which I of wanted that. to ask you about. So tell people about your business. Yeah. I came home here to Pittsburgh and I worked for an advertising agency for a while. And then I made a lot of contacts back in New York and just people from my life, not, not necessarily Bethany, but it was when the influencer game was blowing up. And what I started to do was, um, I went out on my own. I quit the agency job after I had my daughter and I started to work, um, on people's branding and their personal brand and being able to, you know, talk about why they do what they do and their mission statement and being true to their brand, which is something I learned from her, from Bethany and just really being strategic and having a plan and not doing things willy nilly. So I work with basically a lot of women. Oh, by the way, I just, I love that you use willy nilly because that's a Midwest thing. I feel like. Is it really? <laughs> I feel like it is because I say it all the time and people will message me and say, you always say willy nilly. Okay. I'm sorry. What, what does it even mean? <laughs> I have, I don't know. It's like doing things off the cuff kind of, or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so the, I work with a lot of small businesses and to do that, um, and I do events and just kind of all that, all that marketing stuff. Um, and ha- being able to, you know, run my own business is just be- the only reason I had the guts to do it was because I lived it. Right. right. Uh, I learned things working for her. Like think of, like you think of things like people run their own business and I'm sure you deal with it too. Like you got to do like your accounting yeah. You have to do like, you have to pay bills. That was like a huge part of, you know, being organized. And when Bethany was just running, we were running a one ship out of that apartment, you know, on New York housewives way before, you know, there weren't, she didn't have the money to pay 1 million people to do all kinds of different things. So like we had to do it together and with Molly, the old assistant and Jackie, and, you know, we all learned those things. And I think that a lot of people start their own businesses going like blind to those things where I did it knowing that I had to set those things up. So I like to talk to business owners about that kind of stuff too, is that you can't, you know, you want to do things, you want to start before you're ready, as she always said, but like you got to have your shit in order or you have to have someone to help you get your shit in order. It's a lot. I, everything iconic is now like an official business and I didn't realize all the, paperwork that goes into just starting that and then post that it's a lot it's it's stressful i found it very stressful uh julie anything else you want to tell listeners people that are watching it now for the first time no i mean can i I ask one 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 thing that just popped into mind um towards the end you were leaving and jason who was her then husband was coming on board um do you have any thoughts about um, I have plenty of thoughts about people working together in relationships, but what, what what do you think about people kind of merging romantic life and work life? I think it's a bad idea. I think Always. it takes I think it takes a special couple to do it. Right. I think that there is a lot of different. E- I don't know if you can use people like a Chip and Joanna Gaines or a Bethany and Jason, like that have like so many other people involved doing things. I think that the true heroes are like the, the, the couple that owns the restaurant. Like they've learned, right. they've really learned how to like act of work together um, and make it work. I feel like it just, because you're mixing like that romance and like that part of it and like the, your whole life together. It's definitely challenging. I and mean, I, don't I feel like it's harder to turn off too than at night because then you're always talking you're about always it. talking work. I mean, I think that though it also depends on, you know, like when we were working, like when I, I mean, I lived with them, 
I mean, right. I lived, oh, you lived, lived there? No, not really. But yeah, but you were there all the time. I lived that life. I mean, we were all together all the mm-hmm. time. We're going to travel here. We're going to go here. We're going to do this. Cookie, Bryn, Dawa, Gina. Everybody was oh just my God, in Dawa each and other. Gina. Oh, my God. Do you know that I te- I haven't texted her yet that I had a third baby? But usually I'll have like this panic moment of like, am I doing this right? Like something baby. Like, yeah, I might even text her. I, one thing I thought about texting her about like when the baby starts eating like every four hours or whatever, I'll text her and she'll just call me and she'll be like, I can't even do oh, her I accent, but just like, and I saw her, I, she's met both my children. Uh-huh. I yeah. Gina has, um, in New York, like she, you know, it's just Gina. She's like, she was the most iconic of like, the real person, she never changed. She didn't care she was who was yeah. around. But um, I think that it it did. It was all about. It becomes all about work. And if one of the people, I can imagine, if one of the people is the quote star of the show, then mm-hmm. I think I think it might depend on what what kind of business is it. You yeah, know, and, and this I, is the business yeah. of her as a person. She's the star. And I think, um, I think that it depends on who is the, the business and what, what it is, right. if you can mix it or not, you know? Men, um, straight men, in my experience, I don't want to generalize, but straight men can be also very fragile in terms of their ego. So I don't know, in general, I find that with friends of mine and stuff like that. And it's, I, I, it's hopefully changing and I think, you know, it's changing. But still, I think straight men can be very fragile um julie this was such I a think that it, i think it was i think it's a get on she always said you gotta get i said get on the bus or get out of the way right. with her and i think that like if you started like breaking that bus like she just wanted to keep going and i i think that you know when no matter what when marriages end it's very sad sure. but then again Everyone has a new future. She's doing great. You know, it's it's just the did you keep a life. journal? Did you keep a journal during that time? I'm like the worst. Uh, Could you I wish, I'm like, send me I your journals. No I, memory. <laughs> I I, tr- I sometimes find things that I wrote or said or did. I, I emails my Gmail account. Like maybe emails to. We always say it like emails to my girlfriends. Like we'll oh probably yeah, let's have, get those out. Probably have the most accurate representation of like my life. Maybe I'll look for you and send some to you. Please I do because I, I want to be respectful, of course, and not ask you too much about. But you know, I have so many feelings. People can go to my Instagram, <laughs> and I have a lot of feelings about Jason and Bethany and the whole thing. Um, but it's a fascinating rewatch, and I encourage everyone to go check it out because it's just uh, the the business of it all, the relationship drama, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And the arc from the the wedding to the, there's like a Lost at Sea episode. It, they give us all sorts of drama. Oh, I mean, that was ridiculous. It was all <laughs> ridiculous. It was the, the, the phone calls were ridiculous. Wasn't there like a, didn't people think that the Lost at Sea was made up or something? The, no, that shit was yeah, not yeah. made up. Right. No way. I had Dr. Amador on the show once and he's a bril- he's a brilliant like, yeah he's oh great. Oh my god, yeah. he's like so smart. Yeah. He no, that was not made up. I mean the the funniest thing, the one time some the funniest thing was when we went to Malibu. I got to watch those episodes. I got to watch them and then I'll take notes and I'll come back on and we can talk about specific Please, episodes. Yeah. But like the Malibu stuff, I remember it was Christmas in Malibu. And I remember people being like Hey, did you just get back from Malibu? And it was like June. And I'm like, Oh, because they're watching you it. Think, right. Like I was like, did you think we like made up Christmas in Malibu? <laughs> like, no, it happened like months ago. And I think that that's that's where it is hard to, you know, so much happens and so much happened because I was actually quote, like working. Yeah. This was like work. You know, there wasn't, and I, I like, I haven't seen Did you get paid episode. for the show? Yeah. Okay, so you got a separate, okay. Because of her, because of Bethany. Because she okay. was like, F this shit. Like, if you're going to put your life on television yourself, I never wanted, it worked for me because I didn't want to be the star of the show. I didn't want, that wasn't what I signed up for. So I just like floated along you know, there wasn't any pressure of social media. Who knows what it would be like now? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but 
I think that that's why it worked so well with us is like, I wasn't in it. I didn't go work for her to be on TV. Right. That just like, wasn't, you know, it was just a natural evolution for you. And I think that's why fans can see. And we, that's why I think we watch it and we are, Attracted thank you. Thank to you, you in a for sense. calling me an icon and a queen. I, someone sent that to me. Oh That's God, how yeah, I saw yeah. it. I mean, I follow you because I think that like you're hilarious, and oh, thank you. I love your commentary on um, you know all the other stuff. You know, because my husband and I watch you know all those. Which again, I told you I couldn't watch for years because it would give me so much anxiety. And especially, you probably knew a lot of the people that you would meet. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like I was a little bit like I was in Housewives. I never really like met anyone in Housewives. Like that, I didn't know anyone that well. Her first assistant knew Jill really well, but I never knew any of those people. And she was on her way out of Housewives when I started, so it was kind of more about like our crew that yeah. we created. Um, but I mean, I still keep in touch with a ton of people that were brought into my life by her. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it was because I just didn't want fame or, you know, but it was, it was weird to get reckoned. It was, we, all the stuff that came, came with it was bizarre. Yeah. You know, I could imagine that I, I that I think that like, people now are signing up for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that what comes with it. Um, it was, it was also very hard. Sometimes it's hard to see yourself on television and I, you know, and see what you look like and you get self conscious and I'm getting self-conscious right now. I'm noticing like the green screen and like a head is like going in and out. <laughs> Not to interrupt you, but yeah, I know it's like, it's not doing it now, but I feel like I'm just staring and I'm like listening to you, but I'm also like looking at myself and saying, what's going on with my, (laughs) so I can't only imagine what it's like on national television. You know, I did. I I like lost a bunch. You never know what you really look like and physically, but like also how you are as a person. I mean, Bethany always said it always comes out eventually. Drew, my husband, my husband Drew, he always uh, quotes that when we're watching reality TV and someone just like, you're like, whoa. He's like, the real person, you can only hide the real person for so long. And I always remember that watching reality TV. It's like, you can only, or, or, you know, you can only, you know, and I think people can, audiences now. Now people don't give a shit. Now it doesn't matter. No and audiences like, are smarter now, so we can see through. We can see through if somebody is trying to put on a facade or trying to be a certain way. I think audiences are too smart for it now. Right, now, and now people aren't. You think about like when the first those stuff when you made mistakes or acted in a certain way, like how like you were just ripped apart. Now it's like ne- like ha- everyone's like upset for one second and then like they're over it and on to the next thing. Like. People don't, it's not as big of a deal what people do now on reality TV. Think about, think about when Kim ripped out the hair, how, or which, when that happened, the fight in front of the restaurant in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, Atlanta Housewives. We, the we, Remember how, oh, long, yeah, yeah. how long people talked about that yeah. shit crazier happens now than that. And like, no one's talks about it for more than a day. Well, and that's what, not to keep going back to Bethany ever after, but I think that's what's, what I makes it hold up because there's an arc there wasn't necessarily like these moments that were in the public conscious like a table flip or a a wig pull or something like that but there was an arc to the series and so that's why i think it that holds up more so than something that maybe had one good moment in a whole season I don't know if that makes sense, but no, I think it makes yeah. sense. I think it definitely um, makes sense. Julie, I don't want to keep you forever. Where can people find you on social media? Um, on Instagram, just at, at Julie Plake McMinn. And then on, I have a website, um, yeah. com. My company is JPM branding. And, um, I am, I have a mini kind of blog called life after city that I've been trying to do for years to talk about like what my life's like after the city. Um, so that's all. Yeah. All online. We'll put all those links in the, um, YouTube description. I want to thank you so much for your time. It's really been such a delight to talk to you. People were sending me your, cause I was watching the show and Instagramming it and people were sending me like, uh, your Instagram handle and it said you followed me and I like screeched. My boyfriend's like, what is that noise? I was like, Julie follows me. <laughs> so excited. No, I love it. 
So I thank you so much. Uh, stay You're safe. Welcome. And then um, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again because I rewatch yeah, it sure. once a year. So I we'll. Love it. Okay. All right. Bye, Julie. Bye. Thank you. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I'm here with the one and only Mindy Cohn. Mindy, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing okay. Seeing your face does me very good. Uh, and yours too, Mindy. I, <laughs> I don't know. Of course, I'm sure everyone tells you this, but I feel like I know you. Oh, well, I love that. And I'm sorry for the things that are going to go off. I'm technically Amish. And so I don't know how to turn things on and off. It's, I'm so lucky to be here with you this morning. Mindy, you're preaching to the converted because I just had my boyfriend in here trying to get on do not disturb mode on my computer because it was like beeping. Yeah. Technology is hard. You know what? I'm so not interested. I realize that I'm really, you know, gung-ho if it's something I'm interested in learning how to do. I will do it. I will be patient. I will have tenacity. But with tech stuff, no thanks. And don't you sort of feel like throughout this pandemic, we've been expected to learn so much more tech stuff? Yes, but I'm, I don't know about you. Hey, we're doing this. I am incredibly proud of myself that, you know, I have put forward my moxie into this Zoom, you know, galaxy. Right. right. That's um, about the extent of it. Right. Mindy, I want to talk about your new movie, A Nice Girl Like You. But before I do, yeah. uh, I was listening to your podcast, Mondays with Mindy. Thank um, you. This is a this is a COVID start. It's so good. Are you enjoying it? You know, I really am. I yeah. mean, first of all, you know, like with anything where, you know, I've got this as a voiceover actor my whole life. It's like, oh, it's so easy. It's like, come and try it. Podcasting ain't no, you know, for not for sissies because um, the research, well, at least the way I'm sure we want to do it, right? With it, the research, even with people we know. And right. for me, I wanted to talk to creatives. So it's really cr- trying to create this conversation around creativity and what do you do in this time and whatever your process. I know that sounds so heady and it's not because oh, you've listened. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, but it's been a kick in the pants just because that is the one thing I've been missing during this time of quarantine is connecting with my people, which are other creatives. Yeah. Uh, Now you start off your podcast with like random questions. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to turn the tables and just ask you a couple before we get into all the movie and TV stuff. Um, Bring it on, lovey. 
Okay. So the first one is what's the first bit of advice that pops into your head when I say that? Regarding anything, what the first advice you've gotten, maybe career life, anything. Uh, I'll I'll tell you it's um, it's also kind of my, my acting toolbox rule number one. And I also use it for life. Um, Have access to all your emotions, but don't be a slave to any of them. And that has really served me during this time of uncertainty and anxiety and all the rest of it. And it serves me in work and it serves me just dealing with people. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, The second one is uh, who's your favorite scene partner of all time. You've been in so many TV shows, movies. Is there one that pops up that you had either so much fun with or was so talented? Any of those things. Cloris Leachman. Yeah. I mean, without blinking hard. That's the, she is always one of the first to pop up into my head. Yeah. She was just so, um, she's so quick. She's just still to this day. She's she's also Danny, such a hard worker. You know, I hear other people talk about the Robert De Niro's, the Meryl Streep's, our generation, Leonardo DiCaprio's, um, uh, you know, how their work ethic and Cloris has that as well. She will work and work and work and work and work until it's time for the shot. And then she'll keep working take after take after take. And I love that. Incredibly inspiring. She's amazing. Uh, When was the last time you cried? This is one of your questions that you've asked. I I love this question. (laughs) First of all, I cry. I would say a thousand times more uh, over happy and joyous things. Um, but I have to say, because I've wa- been watching copious amounts of TCM classic movies yesterday, um, now Voyager, you know, I mean, I, I just cry, uh, often, so do but I, usually yeah, it's yeah. out of joy. Okay. That's the opposite. Yeah. I'm usually crying in the shower over, I don't know, some anxiety or something. Tell me, do you, do, do you have so much anxiety that you cry for real? Um, I do. You work yourself I up? Do. I work myself up. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm a sh- I, like I said, I'm a shower crier though. Like I feel like I say, <laughs> which makes me sound crazy. I know we're just meeting for the first time, but I sound crazy. But um, yeah, I I tend to like I put on music when I get in the shower, and then it's like I don't know everything. Mm. Like the day will hit me. Yes. Um, it's I mean, easier. I, it's for not me- every shower, but it's yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, it's easier for me to cry in conversation with someone or in action, like watching a movie and something is being given to me. It's hard for me to just cry solo. So I, I love that you can take the steam off the top of your pot in the shower, so to speak. Mine's also always delayed too. It's like about something like, it's not even, it's not about what it's about. Right. It's like about something that I don't know. It hits me at a weird time. This isn't about me though, Mindy. I'm sorry. Um, But I was going to ask, I was going to ask like what you're binging. You said TCM, you're watching a lot of TCM. Is that what you're, yeah. That's probably the biggest binge. I mean, yeah. you know, it's cute. My friends and I have been texting each other. I've watched everything. You know, it sort of feels like I go through these periods of time. And it's so funny to watch, you know, this movie had a number one weekend. Of course it did. It's the only new thing. That's, I mean, not to be rude. I think A Nice Girl Like You is such a great escape and such a great rom-com. But it's like, fingers crossed, it's number one. I'm like, Friends, if nothing else is coming out, we're going to do A-OK. It's very yeah, exciting. It's all we have to watch right now, Mindy, right? <laughs> yes. um, tell, tell people about A Nice Girl Like You. It stars you, Lucy Hale. There's a lot of wonderful people in it. Tell people about oh, what yes. it's about. Jackie Cruz. Um, yeah. Um, well, I, I describe it as a coming-to-age uh, picture of a woman who should have come to age 15 years ago. Uh, she's sort of a late bloomer in her sense of self and sexual identity and awakenedness. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, but she breaks up with a, her longtime boyfriend and she is part of a quartet of musicians. Uh, we play at weddings and country clubs and, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. And we sort of do a little bit of an intervention on her. Her meaning Lucy Hale, who plays a character named Lucy, which is very odd for her, um, she has said. And um, we decide and she decides to create this list of things she can do to open herself up, so to speak. And it's everything from going to a strip club to going to a sex toy shop to masturbating, um, you know, and things. And she sort of has this awakening 
simultaneously meeting, of course, what turns out to be the love of her life. So it's, it's, it's very funny. cute, by the way. The guy is very cute. Leo. Yeah, he's cute. He's Who is he? I, I, I didn't know him. I didn't. Um, this is one of his first professional gigs. He is an actor, Australian actor based out of New York City. Um, and he's lovely. He's very cute. He's very cute. And it comes on demand on Friday. Yeah. Right. Exciting. Um, on all platforms, I'm, I'm supposed to say. Yes. All that means. But anyway, people will find it. You just Google a nice girl like you. People will find it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit. You've voiced Velma in Scooby-Doo, like for a million movies, projects, all sorts of stuff. I I had like a 15 year run of her before, before being replaced. Did did you see the new movie, the Scoob? I haven't. And the only person in there that is of, of ilk is Frank Welker, who always voices Scooby and Fred, and they'd be, they meaning anybody would be idiots not to hire him because he's right. just amazing. Uh, well, they should have hired you too. And Matthew Lillard, who, who played uh, Shaggy, I, he, I, he did a lot of Shaggy work. <laughs> he did a lot of, well, he, he when Casey passed away, Casey Kasem, right. um, they brought in Matthew, which was a delight. Um, yeah. And then, and then same, new bosses, and I was out and they replaced me. And so, you know, everyone's like, how do you feel about that? And, you know, it sucks to be fired. I mean, trust me, live in the trust, right? But we've all experienced that. Um, for me, I just feel so lucky that I got to voice her for the 15 years I did. I mean, she's an icon. Right, right, <laughs> now totally. Now a icon, may I, I know, say. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. I, I, it's been reported now that a few different, uh, the director of the films and then some of the other people involved in the, the animated well, projects. confirmed, Danny. I mean, we've all... Okay. We've all known, right? Yes. Yeah. So Velma, you would say Velma is gay. She's a lesbian. She's well, for sure. uh, based on the confirmation. Yes. I would never right. talk out of turn if one of the writers or creators had come out and confirmed it because it's none of my business. I don't out anybody, including <laughs> characters that are animated. Um, it's just not my job. Um, but I support it a hundred percent. Um, but yes, we've all just, you know, come out, come out wherever you are, Vel. Right. I'm and so I happy. Her. I think she, she, she was out proudly and just didn't talk about it. Yeah. It just wasn't part of the show. Yes. Right. Um, I was so happy about it. I saw that it's been all over <laughs> my Twitter feed. I was like, oh yeah, finally. But we yes. all knew. Although right? there was a time early, early on in, in, the, in the beginnings of it where she had a crush on Shaggy. But of course, Shaggy was clueless. So right. I do want to say, I think the origins of Velma she always kind of pined for Shaggy, which was hilarious because here was this brainiac and this doofus, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and she pined for him. Having said that, she evolved. She evolved like we all do. I had girlfriends, a tale (laughs) once upon a time. Um, Well, I haven't, so. Yeah, right, right. Uh, There's the spectrum, Danny. We we love everyone, even (laughs) even straight ones like me. Uh, but representation, it's interesting with animated. I feel like that's the last place we're sort of seeing or, or last place that we are pining for representation. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Well, it does, but I think it's because most of the cartoons started, you know, some of the famous ones 40 or 50 years ago. Um, secondly, it's for children. And having said that the executives that have been in charge of that have very 40s, 1940s and 50s rules about what you show children. Right. Um, and only later, I think, with adult animation, right? Like The Family Guy and even The Simpsons and, um, you know, that we finally get to start to see representation. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, this is just popping into my head, but Facts of Life, which, of course, everyone knows you as Natalie from, from Facts of Life. But mm-hmm. that was so important in terms of representation. I remember, what, forgive me, I, I didn't write this down. This is just sort of popping in my head. But was, was it the first a say with a disabled representation as a main cast member? Yes. Right. Yes, with okay. Jerry Jewell. Yeah, Jerry Jewell. Right. Cerebral palsy. Yeah. Um there was that I mean I always just chop all that stuff up. It's like that's a Norman Lear thing. He just can't help himself. Right. And while he doesn't talk about facts of life a lot, it was the last show under his reign before he retired and kind of handed it off to Alan Horn and Glenn Padnick, okay. uh who then joined forces with Rob Reiner and created Castle Rock. I mean that's sort of like the evolution of of that production company but but that really we were we were the last of norman's babies and so all norman lear sitcoms tend to have messages that don't hit you over the head try to represent everybody 
and everything as much as possible and make it funny. Yeah. I, I just remember Jerry Jewell. It was such a, I, I always am looking at disabled representation on screen and it's a very rare. And yeah. it was, that was so, so important. Um, speaking of facts of life, you guys reunited for a holiday movie last year. Was that, that was fun to do, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's called, you know, Kim Fields calls you and says, I'm executive producing this for lifetime. And I've promised to get, and we would never let each other down. And that really is it that it, it, you know, to call it a reunion was hard for us because it wasn't, um, it was, it was us doing Kim a solid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to me, it was such a brilliant and fun way for, uh, for fans to see you guys on screen together. Yes. Um, because and it's, I, great, it's always great for us to be together, but we're, we stay in touch. So it, it wasn't a reunion for us. So I get, right. at first I was just so shocked with like the, like, wow, people are really, you know, and it's, it's so funny because talking to Norman, you know, there's, he's had many conversations of trying to do something where he can put us back together and we're yeah. all for it. So. Who knows? Right. Right. I will. We'd love to see more of that. I mean, I know people. Did you watch Kim at all on Housewives? Of course I did. She called me to warn me, you know, that she was doing it. And we all, I don't know about the other girls, but I had certain concerns and they were fulfilled. And that's why she only did one season. But for her, you know, I have to say about Kim, she is one of my role models as as far as hustling. And I mean that in the best way possible. I am not a great self-promoter. And she gets her, she knew, she saw this social media business and she said, how do I get from this many followers into the stratosphere? And it's reality television. And I'll be darned if that kid, kid, woman, did not do exactly that in one season and turned her social media into a business. Um, And it's, it's just, I applaud her. I applaud her all the time. But that was really, to me, so smart. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it. And I was happy she got in and out because she did have a rough season with the other women, but it was like, okay, I'm glad she got well, in right, and out. So, so she's not meant for that. You know, I am friends with a couple of house, real housewives um, of New Jersey. You know, Dolores is a very dear friend of mine and I love oh. her. And she has the right attitude for it and the right skin for it. And she plays herself on television. You know, I'm an actor, so I don't want to play myself on television. Right. So to me, it's really clear. Um, and for Kim to be able to go in, get what she needed out of it and get out before it turned bad, 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 I thought was pretty smart. So wait, I'm, I'm sorry to just hop on this, but do you watch Jersey then? Are you, uh, I watch them all. Okay. So wait, wait, Mindy. Okay. What's your favorite? Okay. What's your favorite? Are you watching Beverly Hills this season? What are you thinking of? Well, what I'm thinking, first of all, about New York is New York is kind of making me sad this season because it just seems like they're all just getting drunk. A lot of drinking, right? It's not just drinking. They're they're being filmed drunk every episode. And I'm like, there's no storylines. It's just women my age getting drunk and it's just not cute anymore. It's just not fun. It's not funny. It's not fun to watch. Especially because we know so many of the women have like a history of problems with alcohol. And so it's like, there's like a dark... Danny, they're not doing anything else or we're not seeing it. They're editing it that way. So I don't, I don't want to like poo poo. You know, I love Sonia with my heart. I love, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so having said that, um, it's funny to watch people, you know, I know a couple of the cast members of, of the Beverly Hills show for 40 years. It's funny to watch people become famous and it's just so about the dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about, it's about them getting more wealthy, more wealthy or famous and how people that that is the thing. And, and, and it's, it's, you hold on at any length to that. Um, I don't, again, I don't find that entertaining because it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like boohoo sad, but just like really good. So I happen to love the Bravo shows like below deck. I'm obsessed. So good. So good. So good because there's stories, there's interaction, there's like, so that those happen to be my Bravo favorites and obviously Top Chef. I'm addicted. Um, Did you watch watch Padma's new show on Hulu? I did. Did you love it? I loved it. I loved it. And you know, um, I like her more now. Me too. 
I fell in love with her. Like I watched yeah, it like, and I, I, I became just, like obsessed with her in a weird, you know. Yeah. I, I thought it was also, which I know that she's responsible for. I thought it was produced beautifully. Stunning. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so good. I'm sorry. I got you on that Bravo tangent. I'm, oh my God. We will talk about <laughs> talk everything forever. and anything Danny forever. Please come back anytime and we'll just talk. We'll do exclusively Bravo. But, um, you know, you had posted on your Instagram this picture of of you and Michael J. Fox and Sarah Jessica Parker and the Jason Bateman. It was Jason Bateman's birthday. Yeah. It was amazing. And I was thinking about and now you're working with Lucy Hale in this movie. And mm-hmm. I, it must have. Did you look at sort of Lucy Hale's life? Because when you guys were coming up, there wasn't social media and it was like a totally different ball game. Right. And no, we actually got to develop friendships because we worked near each other physically, same studios, and we would attend like same press parties and stuff like that. And unlike today where there's these kind of like once or twice a year big things, we would have like bi-monthly press stuff. So you you were in contact with a lot of people and on all the networks all the time. So for those 10 years, the show was on, you know, it was so great to just, you know, people often say like, how the hell do you know all these people? It's like, I met them. And right. it wasn't just like, hi, how are you? Like we saw each other four or five times a year for 10 years. But um, I am so grateful. <laughs> TMZ, Danny was not around when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, because holy hell. What were you guys up to? You guys were just... Well, I was, we, you know, I, I had a group of friends, some of who were musicians, a lot of whom were movie stars and other TV stars. And we did what everyone else was doing. We were underage going to clubs and underage drinking and getting, having fun and being debaucherous and um, safe because it was out of the public eye. You know, it still was, it's sort of weird to say, having watched all these old movies, you know where my head's at. A little like the studio system. We were protected not having TMZ and paparazzi and iPhones. We'd be out in a club. No one's going to take my picture in the club. Yeah. No one has one. Right. So it really was, you know, we had, I think we were the last generation of young actors who didn't have to deal with that. At the same time, though, I think it's amazing that you can get much more famous and popular, which does lead to work now on social media. Yeah. So like Lucy, who has 24, 24 million followers. Million followers. I, I, just, I looked it up. I was like, I oh my Jackie. God, that, it's crazy. Jackie has, yeah, Jackie has Cruz. 2 million. Right. Jackie Cruz has 2 million. And it's just like, in talking to Lucy, what's interesting is she lives a very different life than I did. Um, it's much more contained because she knows the moment she gets out of her driveway, there's a good chance she's either going to be followed or photographed. And so she's very protective of her life in the, in the best way. And sure. I must say a very mature way. Um, yeah. I mean, she is 31. It's not that she was yeah, she's yeah. 18, but um, I, I have respect, a lot of respect. And then, but the, uh, the other side of it, you know, I call it the, the Kardashian side, which is really unfair because it's not just the Kardashians, but they kind of started it. I think um, where this, that you're living on social media or you are beholden to all of these fans until you get to the point where you have so many followers that you don't give a blank what anyone else thinks. They now don't care, obviously, because they have such um, financial backing, popularity, you know, all of it. And more people to help make the decisions behind what they're posting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking of just 24 million followers and like the kind of pressure to just post, you know, I find pressure to post anything. I can't imagine 24 well, million. is like insane. You know, uh, we've talked about it because, you know, I post my life and uh, not a curated version of my life, but I definitely leave my private, private life out. But I mean, it's me, right? right. She's very careful what she posts. She, mm-hmm. she does not post her everyday life. She says that, you know, there's kind of a friend's option. Mm-hmm. So we get to see some of the pictures that, you know, I do. I'm on that list now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that other people don't see the kind of private, but it's, it's very curated and it has to be right. Yeah. It's our business. Uh, Mindy, I could talk to you forever. I know um, I got to wrap this up, but I want yes. to, um, I want you to promote Mondays with Mindy, the movie, um, anything, thank you for your that. social media. Well, thank you. It's at Mindy Cohn, real original. I appreciate that. And um, the Mondays with Mindy. Yeah, we are ending season. We have two more um, episodes for season one. We decided 10 episodes 
we pulled that out of our church. I don't know why, but already, um, the, let me just say the first episode of season two will be someone that I worked with for 10 years <sighs> on a show when we were teenagers. Oh my God, please. <laughs> I still have so, the facts of life theme song stuck <laughs> in my head, like uh, to this day. And I was always a Natalie. So this is truly just a. Oh you know, my gosh. Is, I meet very few Natalie's. Thank you. That makes oh, me I was very a Natalie. happy. Yeah, yeah. That makes me very happy. Um, so thank you for that. It's every Monday, a new episode launches www.mondayswithmindy.com on all platforms where podcasts are and youtube and then, too it's on youtube i believe too yes, right yeah, yes okay. we do record it because i i mean i can't help it i'm an actor like you know yeah. i like a picture <laughs> i get it uh and and a nice girl like you is launching tomorrow on you know video on demand everywhere and apple and amazon and all that Yes, Friday, July 17th. Everyone can watch uh, Nice Girl Like You, Mindy. It was such a delight talking to you. Truly a uh, dream pleasure. come true. So thank you. Thank um, you. And stay safe, stay healthy, and, um, and come back to Everything Iconic anytime. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.